The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman, and you are watching The Fran Spielman Show, of course, brought to you by AARP. With us today is a former cabinet secretary, and we're honored to have him, Ray LaHood, the former transportation secretary, great friend of Rahm Emanuel. And I, I want to start by saying, how did that happen? You're a Republican. You know, it happened a long time ago, Fran, when, when Rahm and I were both in Congress. He, congressman from Chicago, Democrat, me a congressman from Peoria, Illinois, and central Illinois, a Republican. And, and really, Rom came to me and asked me if I would co-sponsor as a Republican uh, the health insurance for children bill that he was really pushing to kind of expand what Clinton was, was doing as president back then. And, and, and I did that. And since that time, we have, uh, I would say, we are as close as brothers. I mean, we are, we are very close. And also since that time, when I co-sponsored that bill, uh, we co-hosted on a monthly basis dinners. He would bring eight Democrats. I'd bring eight Republicans. We'd go to a restaurant in Washington and just get to know one another and, and commiserate with one another and talk about. And those friendships have lasted a long time. And then, you know, when he became chief of staff, uh, we talked about opportunities for a Republican to serve in the administration. President Obama liked that idea at the time. And, uh, there you and, are. Yeah, and so, you know, and then when, when he became mayor, he was on the phone to me every day about money for this and money for that, and that whether it's the river walk or transit or he the red line. He badgered the hell out of you. <laughs> but anyway, we've, we we're like brothers. So he, how's your brother doing with letting go here? I don't think well. Well, he's well. Ma making a lot of announcements. I know. Are you surprised by the, the frenzied nature of the end of this administration? Well, he, I think he wants to leave a, a long, long list of uh, legacy uh, opportunities and projects uh, for his successor. And, you know, that's not all bad. I mean... But part of it is his ego, isn't it? He's part, having trouble part letting it, go. Part of it is he loves this job. He's loved the opportunity to serve the people of Chicago, and it's hard to let that go. There's no question about it. You think he's going to have trouble adjusting to life <laughs> outside I of I think this. anybody in a high-profile position, whether you're a cabinet secretary or president or mayor of Chicago, he's going to wake up the day after the inauguration of the new mayor and say to Amy, uh, let's fly somewhere or let's go somewhere or... What do I do today? And that's difficult. Of course it is. He's had a frenzied, very busy life for the last eight years serving the people of Chicago. And 
the day after the new mayor is sworn in, boom, he's, uh, he's an ex-mayor. Yeah, so you think he'll be depressed for a while? Uh, I don't think Rahm will ever be depressed. That's not his He'll just nature. keep running somewhere. He'll, he'll, he'll just move on to the next project, whether it's writing a book, whether it's do, maybe going back to investment banking, going on some boards, going on a speaking tour. He Being can on it. CNN or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, that. he can do any of those things, and he'll do them all But he won't well. be mayor of Chicago. But he won't be mayor of Chicago. And, and that's And tough. he loves, a, he loves the job. So did he make a mistake by walking away? Absolutely not. I, I, I think not. I Why think. do you think he did walk away? Do you I, think it was I, because he was afraid he would lose? No, I don't. I think Rahm's a, a, a good politician. He takes a lot of polls. He knows the pulse of the people. And, uh, and I think he realized it would be a tough election because he'd have to stand on eight years of his record as mayor against whomever. And, uh, but he would have been able to defend that because he's done a lot of good. And he's used the citizens of Chicago to help him get a lot done. Uh, I so why did he do it then? Uh, I, I think he's tired and I think... Uh, uh, Not tired enough to stop running. I, I think Running through the tape, I mean. Uh, I also think that... Uh, you know, I don't want to speak for Amy, but uh, th this has been a challenge for Amy, too. I mean, look what happened to their son, and, you know, their personal lives have been affected so much uh, by this job. I, mean, I think that's part of it, too. What do you mean what happened to their son? His son was... Uh, was you mean the... Uh, you know, he was attacked out oh, in front yeah. of their house. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, that, that kind of nonsense, that's difficult for any common, ordinary citizen to, to put up with. Now let's go back to your former role as transportation. Are you surprised by what happened with Boeing and what do you see is happening there? The grounding of their planes, how long will it last? Did you ever run into anything like that? You know, Fran, when I was secretary, we, we uh, grounded the Dreamliner, which was the big new plane that Boeing was promoting back then because there were fires in the hull of the plane caused by lithium batteries because the hull of the plane was so hot, it heated up these batteries and that you know there was smoke in the in the cockpit and there was uh, a couple of fires and as soon as that happened i talked to the fa administrator michael Werta, and i said michael i'm going to ground these planes we got to find out what's going on we got to find the fix for this and i called the ceo of boeing um i think it was, was mcelnery back then and uh and i explained this to him and he wasn't happy but in the end it made boeing a better company and it made the Dreamliner the safest possible plane possible. That will be the result here. And I'm shocked that Boeing didn't see that. And I'm shocked that the FAA didn't say, ground the planes, let's inspect them, give the flying public 100% assurance that they're safe, and it'll be a better plane. And it'll help Boeing. And it helped Boeing's reputation for safety. So you're saying they waited too long they to ground the planes? They waited too long, absolutely, Did they totally. put the public in jeopardy? Well, uh, I, think the, I, I think the public wasn't going to fly those planes anyway. I, I think you had everybody checking to see with their uh, travel people, uh, what kind of plane am I on? And, you know, when, when Africa, when Europe, when Asia decides to ground all their planes, I mean, the United States is falling yeah, behind. Yeah, and and it. Uh, you saying the United States should lead those companies? We've always should. led. We have one of the best safety aviation records in the world, and we should be leading. And we weren't leading. So who blew it? Trump or his transportation no, actually, secretary? Actually, Trump. Trump's the one that Trump. He the took one the that, bull by the horns. He did. He's and you know, 
why I, I didn't talk to Trump about this, so I'm, I'm speculating. He owns an airplane. At one time, he tried to, you know, start an airline. He knows the importance of safety, and he heard all the background noise going on about safety, and these planes needed to be grounded, and I think he just said, hey, we're going to do this in the interest of safety. So you're saying he shouldn't have had to step in, his FAA, his transportation? The Secretary of Transportation <laughs> and the FAA Administrator said, boom, ground the planes, let's inspect them, Boeing will be a better company, the flying public will have the 100% assurance they're safe. But he, he, he made the decision and that was it. So you think Boeing can survive this? Of course. They're, you know, they're, look, there's, first of all, there's not exactly a lot of competition. I mean, they don't, they don't have a lot of competition in building planes. They don't have any competition in the United States. And uh, so uh, Boeing's a very good company, and, and they'll be fine. How but they should have stepped up with the leadership. They should have stepped up and the transportation That's secretary should Both. have stepped up. That's correct. Both. And how long do you think this is going to take to resolve you itself? You know, I, I only know what I read in the Sun-Times and other papers, and it looks like it'll take a month. But that, that little month of inconvenience will be worth it. And the public isn't going to be that inconvenienced? No, they're going to be inconvenienced. People are going to, or today, some of their flights have been canceled, but they're going to have to get other planes to come in and, you know, other arrangements will be made. But it's, it's, a, it's a very small inconvenience when you're exactly. thinking that, am I getting on a safe plane or not? Yeah. So. so you were asked to chair this mobility task force, uh, which came out with this glitzy report. Yeah. Lots of recommendations, right. some very bold ones. Do you think it's going to see the light of day? I mean, is the new mayor going to just let this gather dust on the shelf, or what's going to happen with it? You know, what I said at the press conference with uh, Mayor Emanuel is, uh, if, if the mayor were going to be mayor again, this would not sit on a shelf, and he would appoint a mobility uh, uh, person. Chief mobility yeah, officer. Yeah, chief mobility officer, who gets up every day and thinks about transit, roads and bridges, bikes and coordinates all of that and gets all of the stakeholders in a room on a regular basis. How are we doing? What are the problems? How do we better coordinate? That's what that person should be doing. But, you know, the truth is, we're, you know, we're going to have a new mayor. Uh, and the new mayor is going to come in and face, I'm sure, a lot of, a lot of issues. A lot of issues. But, a lot more important than these. Well, I, I hope this will, will, will be on her list, whoever that her is, and if it is, they've got a great group of people, and what I've suggested, not only the chief mobility officer, keep the 20 people together and have them meet on a regular basis to see that these recommendations are carried out. Kind of a little, like an oversight group. How are we doing on this? Are we implementing the recommendations? Uh, without that, it, it'll, it'll collect dust. What about I mean, do you really think we should try a congestion fee or toll roads in Chicago? Well, I mean, Chicago has a lot of toll roads. and uh, I'm talking about in Chicago, in no, the city. I, I know, I know. Well, they, they've tried it in other regions in the country. I mentioned Northern Virginia, uh, where it's a very congested area, particularly from Dulles Airport all the way into D.C. That's the area I'm talking about. I mean, it's very congested. So... They put the, what they call these hot lanes or these HOV lanes, uh, and they're expensive. And people complained about the fact that they're expensive. But if you want to get someplace quicker, if you want to get from Dulles Airport to downtown DC for something, you get in the, 
you get in the hot lane, you pay a lot of money, up, almost up to $40 uh, additional. Uh, so the people decide. You don't have to get in that lane, but then the people decide. And then also, uh, it was tried in New York, and in some instances it was effective. Uh, but in the end, the people decide whether they want to pay the extra cost to, to relieve congestion. So could we try it on Lakeshore Drive, for example? Of course. You, okay, you, so what, how would that work? Tell me. Uh, they'd, they'd actually put a lane in, put and they'd lane. restrict the cars, and they'd put the, uh, the technology up. A transponder in correct. your car. And you put the, you know, the little thing in, and then once you get in that, you're charged for it. Okay, yeah, and how yeah. much would I be charged to go faster? To well, go 15, I, you know, as I told ahead. you, in northern Virginia, the fees were pretty high, uh, but... Uh, well, the length of Lakeshore Drive, let's say. Yeah. What? Um, what would I pay for that? Yeah, I don't know. We'd, uh, Five, ten dollars? Probably. Okay. Yeah. You think You'd be that paying would be a lot more than two dollars, I would say that. Yeah. And I, I would say, I, I mean, I don't know for sure, but... Probably not more than $10. Is that a good idea? It's a good idea if you want to relieve congestion. And it's a good idea if the people want it. If, if nobody's in the lane, I mean, then people have made a decision. They don't want to pay the $10. So, so you're saying try it out. Exactly. You do know, it. don't be, be bold. Try yeah, it out. Yeah, do a pilot. Yeah. But do a pilot on Lakeshore Drive or do a pilot on one of the interstates. Uh, you know, I, I don't know which one, the Stevenson or... But the city controls Lakeshore Drive, so they, we, could, yeah, yeah. we could try it ourselves. Yeah. But, but you, could, you could do it in cooperation with the, the Illinois Toll Authority on, you know, a few roads, uh, uh, you know, one of the interstates, and, and just give it a try. That's what they did in Northern Virginia. Those are, those are all interstates there. Now, what about a conge downtown congestion fee? People are talking about all these vehicles right. that are clogging the roads, right. including rideshare. Right. I mean, the increase in the number of rideshare vehicles from like two million to nine million. I know. So, is that something we should do? Uh, London does it. Uh, you know, again, what New York did is they did a pilot, and I think, um, you know, it was a mixed bag. You know, it was it, there was no unanimity that this is a great thing. But if you, if, you, if you travel around New York now, uh, it seems as though the congestion has been relieved a little bit. And uh, again, I think, you know, maybe the task force says, let's do a pilot here or there just to see uh, if it works. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like bus lanes. Our bus, you know, priority bus lanes are something that every city should do? Of course not. But it, it's something that has worked in a number of cities. And so you have to try these things out. I think, you know, if you look at the, the bike share programs that have been implemented in Chicago, you know, the common complaint that we heard at the task force is they're littering the sidewalks. And the disability community is very upset with that. You know, you, t you ride a bike and you just kind of throw it along the, the sidewalk and it, you know, clutters things up. It's not only the clutter, but it's the, you know, it disadvantages people when they're trying to walk or so forth. So, you know, we've made some recommendations about that, too. The point, Fran, is this. Implement some of these things as a pilot and see how the people feel about it and see how they work. The CTA is hemorrhaging bus riders. Mm -hmm. what is, and that's partly because of rideshare mm -hmm. and because the buses are too darn slow. Mm -hmm. So what do you do about that? Well, look, there, there are a lot of people in, in, in any big city and including Chicago, that simply can't afford a car and relied on, rely on buses. You're not going to eliminate buses, 
What you, what you need to do is provide the best possible service that you can. Clean buses, good service, on time. If, you, if you're at the bus stop, you know you don't have to wait a half hour for your bus to show up. It's gonna show up on the time that it says it's supposed to. It's gonna be a clean bus. And, but the idea that you're gonna get on a bus and get somewhere fast, forget it. You're not gonna do that. That's not what buses are about. But if you want to get somewhere quick, then, then, then may, maybe you use rideshare or maybe you use a taxi or maybe you hop on a, a bike. I don't know. Well, if you can't speed it up somehow, you're going to continue to hemorrhage riders. Yeah. Well, there's always going to be a certain percent of people who are going to use buses because they can't afford other means of transportation. They can't afford Uber. They can't afford their own automobile. You gotta have a good bus service. It has to be clean and on time and- But forget about trying to speed it up? Fran, you don't get on a bus because you wanna get somewhere quicker. You just don't. Well, then why did we spend all the money on these uh, downtown bus lanes? Well, they, to, that hasn't in, done in part to relieve congestion, I would say. No, I know, but it hasn't really sped up anything. Well, it's, it's provided a-, a it was a waste of money, it seems. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, th that's your judgment. Honestly, I, was it worth the money? Was it worth $40 million or $50 million or whatever it was? Well, I'm going to let the local officials well, decide. Well, you, you came up with the dough for it <laughs> when you were transportation secretary. Was it worth I it? I like the idea of dedicated bus lanes. I think the people like that idea. It gives them some certainty. Um, What's the difference between that and a regular bus? Uh, a certainty of what? Certainty, certainty of, of safety that you know that you're gonna be able to get on and get off a bus, uh, and you're not gonna get hit by a car, hit by a bike or whatever. I see bikes and cars encroaching on those lanes all the time. Well, then they should be penalized for doing that. Yeah, so was it worth it, the downtown bus lanes? Yes. You think it was? That's my call, yeah, I mean, yeah. Look at- You wouldn't say you wasted the money you gave <laughs> Chicago. Absolutely not. <laughs> should we do more of it then? I think only- Ashland only, Avenue. Only if the people, only if the people uh, require it. Look, at if your idea is to get somewhere quick, don't take a bus. So you're saying that we should give up on trying to speed things up. We should give up on that. That's not what it's for and we can't do it. Buses, buses are, are not going to be speedy. They just simply aren't. So do you see the, the, the ridership continuing to decline then? Uh, I think if there's good service, if they're clean, if they're on time, uh, that's what people are looking for. Particularly people who rely on the buses because they can't afford Lyft, they can't afford Uber, they can't afford their own car. They rely on buses. They want them to be clean, on time, and where they're supposed to be. Should the CTA switch to zone-based, distance-based fares? Other uh, cities have them. Yeah. Metra has it. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? I don't know. I mean, I haven't really thought about that that much. Uh, we, you know, that wasn't something that we really considered too much. Uh, you know, I'd, 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 no I don't know. I'd just be sort of guessing on that. The Red Line South extension is, is on ROM's to-do list, and it's not getting checked off. Nobody has been able to bring that about. How is that ever going to happen, ever be funded? A, a commitment from the next mayor to get it done. With uh, what money? Well, it requires a lot of money, and it requires a commitment from the federal government to, to get it done. Uh, look, look at the, the, the city does not have the money to do this. 
This requires the federal government commitment to get this done. Not for a mayor, not for a city council, for the people who are gonna use it. That, that's what transit's about. It's about service to the people. And if the next mayor can make that, make that argument to, the, to the, uh, the Secretary of Transportation, boom, things will get done. And frankly, Fran, Do you see it happening in this administration? It depends on who the mayor is and what their commitment I'm is. I'm talking about the Trump administration in terms of the federal cuts. Is there money out there? Yeah, there's money. There's money in transit. And, and the next they mayor... They need a federal transportation bill. Do they ever? God. I just testified before the Transportation Committee. Right, first, but without that, first of all, is that going to happen? And without that... The answer that, is the Democrats are in control in the House of Representatives. Peter DeFazio from Oregon, the new Portland, Oregon, the new chair of the Transportation Committee, is committed to doing a bill, committing, committed to finding the money, in part by raising the gas tax and doing some other things. Now, once that's done in the House, which I believe there'll be a transportation bill, it'll be a bold bill, there'll be the pay for, $500 billion, $600 billion over five years, then, It'll be up to President Trump to say to the Senate, to say to Majority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell, the Republicans need to pass this. We need an infrastructure bill. If the president doesn't do that, we're, we're, we're dead. Will there be money in there for a Red Line South extension? There'll be money in the, plenty of money in there for transit. And that means that if the mayor of Chicago goes, once a bill is passed, goes to the administration, whether it's Secretary Chow or the FTA administrator, and said, this is our number one priority. This is where we're going to put our money. I think it'll happen. Now, there's a lot of ifs in all of this. Yeah. The O'Hare Express is dead. The one that, another thing not on his to-do list that's going to get checked off. Is that a bad thing? Elon Musk and his yeah, promise. You know, I, did you think that was a pipe dream or real? A pipe dream. You did. You always, did. Th you always thought it was a, a pipe dream? A little bit. I mean, but, you know, pipe dreams are what helped build the interstate system. Eisenhower had a pipe dream about connecting America with interstates. And back then, well, there were a lot of governors who, did, who said, I'm not having a road come through my state. But what happened? Fifty years later, we got an interstate system. But you're not surprised that it died? I'm not surprised at all. It's very expensive. Uh, it's complicated. The environmental impact statement that would have to be done on that will take years and uh, you know it would it would take a real commitment from from a mayor uh, to make it happen and I don't see it happening yeah and it Ron would have had trouble too well he would have had trouble but that's never stopped him from doing anything right but it's it's dead as a doornail and is that a bad thing or I don't think it's a bad thing because? Because there are limited resources in the country. And it's not worth it to spend it on that. Better spend it on the red line south. Yeah, yeah, and, and other things. Faster buses for you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the landscape for Divi and Lyft is going to change dramatically. I mean, you got Lightfoot wanting to raise the fee per right. ride, limit this, uh, put a ceiling on the number. So does Preckwinkle. What, what do you think? Is that, is that a... I think the people will decide this by, by, the, by the way that they use these services. So do you think it would be a mistake to raise the fee more than 20 cents a ride and put a ceiling on the number of Lyft and Uber I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to others to decide. But in the end, the people decide these things. They decide it by, by what they choose as their form of transportation.
But if the city puts a limit on the number of vehicles, we'll have fewer choices. Well, Would the, that be the, a mistake? The, the choices will still be there. I mean, if, if they limit it and there's a, a, a big uh, demand for it, they'll have to, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll have, have to, to raise, raise it. it. Yeah. 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 And one more thing before we go. You're a Republican. Yes. What is the state of the Illinois Republican Party after Rauner? I mean, he was going to replace himself. He called around to, because he knew he was going to lose. I mean, what state did he leave the party in, and how are you going to recover? The state of the Republican Party south of Interstate 80 is very strong. Very strong. How about north? The state of the Republican Party in DuPage and McHenry and counties west of there uh, probably needs uh, a shot in the arm, a little work some enthusiastic leadership uh, to get things moving a again. A shot in the arm. How about dead <laughs> as a doornail? Well, it's not dead as a doornail. Well, I mean, but what is it, how, does it, how does it happen, and what did Rauner do to cause that? Well, uh, look, at, um, he was invested in the Republican Party, certainly in the beginning of his administration, and uh, he made a lot of contributions. He helped a lot of candidates. He really did. You, you got to give him his due on that. And then? And, and then he was defeated. And, and uh, uh, you know, a number of Republicans were defeated in the Illinois House, a number of Republicans from the U.S. House, particularly in the suburban area. Um, and uh, the, in my opinion, uh, and I'm still a Republican, the Republican Party in the suburbs north of Interstate 80 needs to rebuild. They need a shot in the arm. They need some enthusiasm. They need some energy. Uh, but I, I'll tell you this. I live in central Illinois. I live in Peoria. I have a home in Peoria. I still vote in Republican primaries. My son is a Republican congressman from Peoria. And the Republican Party is very strong. If you, if you looked at polling south of Interstate 80, President Trump is popular, Fran. Ray LaHood, thank you, thank so, you much so much for joining yes, us. You're a great you. talker. Thank you. And you have been watching The Fran Spielman Show, brought to you by AARP, which invites you to attend our next free community panel discussion about key issues facing our city. That'll be held on March 18th in Pilsen. To sign up, go to suntimes.com slash AARP forum. And I will see you next week. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.